Hello and welcome to the Moisture Farm Report, the Star Wars podcast that if you share, like and subscribe, then you will be worthy of the uniform. I am your host, uh, Adam Wheeler, and joining me as always is James Matthews. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Did you need to forget your own name then? No. <laughs> Uh, I almost, I stuttered on the uh, intro thing. Did I actually? I didn't even notice. You just paused before your own name. There's been too many times when I've been introducing it and I've nearly introduced it as another podcast. Uh, maybe. I um, I think I was just reading my little script too much there and just mm. was like, oh yeah, wait, my name isn't actually on there. So then I had to actually think for myself for once. How's your, how's your week been, James? It's been good. I've been uh, playing a lot of Lego Star Wars recently. I'm trying Ooh. to finish all of the trophies. Um, nice, nice. Which is hard because there are a lot of them, and they are some of them are very obscure. Yes, like I collect ten trillion studs. I'm like that's a lot of studs. <laughs> I was I was um, talking with someone today about Lego Star Wars because mm. we were talking about um, platinums on PlayStation and hundred yes. gamer score on Xbox, and how we used to really enjoy getting those as kids, and how it was almost like a real sense of achievement excuse the pun mm. of, of doing it but i think one of the first ever games that we would try and 100 percent complete if you would were the lego mm. star wars games yeah because there's always like a lot of them are just like complete all of the levels but then there are those little fun things where it's like defeat yeah. an enemy in a certain way yeah, yeah that are always so much more interesting yeah i would just collecting the collectibles that yeah. unlock say a different skin or a different block or a different character head mm. that you can customize yourself in so just doing all of that was one of my like favorite early memories of mm. like completing 100 percent completing a game yeah i finally unlocked all of the characters which felt like a real achievement that's so I think cool. there's like 430 something of them. So, well, have they have they um, updated fully all the characters to like what like the most recent release of Star Wars content, or do you have to still buy additional content for that? There are some more character packs that came out at the end of last year, like for the some of the Disney Plus shows, like Book of Boba Fett and Andor. Sure. Um, sure. I'm hoping there's going to be a couple of more that come out. I really want like a comic characters pack like dr oh afro and people like that sergeant Creel. yes yes <laughs> or um i guess a bad batch one a bad yes batch? oh there is a bad uh, batch uh, one a bad batch batch uh, if you, yep. you know or um <laughs> but yes a comic one would be fantastic um mm. or james even yes. going as far back as like the novels that and the books yeah right i was just gonna say like a legends one with people like mara jade and yes. um trying yes. to think of other legends characters well or, or just i'm just thinking of all the crazy weird um different um, iterations of Obi-Wan Kenobi I've seen on yes. your, the covers of your books. <laughs> oh god, yes, like angsty teenage Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah. What was the one you showed me the other day where I thought it was Anakin for, for a start? <laughs> um, oh, I don't know, there's one where he's fighting Qui-Gon, I think. Yeah. It, it, hang on, I'll find it on my shelf. I was convinced. <laughs> so, for the listeners, um, there was, yeah, it was one of James' books that he's ordered, but yes, one of the, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi fighting Qui-Gon. But it looks like Hayden Christensen, and it just felt like this crazy <laughs> foreshadowing of uh, eventually Hayden coming into the Star Wars universe. It was brilliant. Um, yeah, it's I the cannot, yeah, it, it's the threat within by Jude Watson. It's got yeah. him fighting Qui Gon on the front, but it really does look like young Anakin, like from it's, Attack of the Clones. It's very uncanny. It's and it's I I love scary. how the model they used for Qui Gon looks nothing like Liam Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just a guy with receding hair. <laughs> 
Does it do the models change or are they relatively consistent across the books? Uh, I think the one who who stands in for Obi Wan is fairly consistent, but I've seen a lot of different Qui Gon's on those Jedi Apprentice books. Interesting, right? But um, you know what we could subject people to, James, is that we could actually ask them if that, well, or suggest that if they would like <laughs> to support the podcast, they can actually go down to buymecoffee.com forward slash moisture farm rep where they can donate as much or as little as they want. Should we get into today's episode? Yes, let's do it. So, Adam, what is it that we are going to be talking about today? Well, James, we started the season by talking about the Bad Batch because, of Mm -hmm. course, what is on our screens at this very moment? The Bad Batch. And what is soon to be coming in the next few weeks? The Mandalorian. So what do you think we might be talking about this week, James? Uh... something Mandalorian related. You would be right. We are not just talking about a character. We're not going to be talking about uh, the series that is Mm -hmm. to be coming, but we're going to be talking about the planet of Mandalore. Ooh, going to be talking about the lore of Mandalore. That's right. We're going deep diving into planets. When was the last time (laughs) we did that on the Moisture Farm Report? Was it Mustafar? It probably was. Season one. So we've literally only done it once. Yeah, and never again. Second time round. Yeah, <laughs> and both planets beginning with M. Shall I mm. point out? So, yes. what's another one? What's the third one we'll do that begins with M? Oh, we'll have to do Mimban next. Yeah, Well, thank God you ha- you had that lined up because I was <laughs> I couldn't even think off the top of my head. Mimban no joke. I was Malastare. actually thinking of my, I was thinking of Mimban the other day and like, oh, I wonder you? if there's anything interesting about that planet. <laughs> Was it um, Malastare's the one with the the oil refineries, isn't it? Yes, it's That's where the, the, one, dugs the dugs live. Yeah, so your, and the Zillow fav- Beast. Your favourite Clone Wars episode, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> but where shall we go today? We should be going to Mandalore. So James, um, mm. how much do you know about Mandalore? Just start us off. I with. I know. I feel like I know a bit, but also not that much. If that makes sense. Right. Like. Mandalore is kind of a it's a big thing like I've learned a lot through like the Clone Wars and Rebels and the Mandalorian yeah but at the same time I don't think I've ever looked much into like I feel like I know a lot of bits and pieces yeah um because I know what do I know I'm trying to think off the top of my head of like a bullet point list yeah yeah um so obviously like the whole kind of culture of weapons and armor and fighting is a big deal yeah yeah um I know that they have beef with the Jedi. Was there a war with the Jedi at one point? Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get onto that in a I bit. Know the, I know the planet isn't a nice place to live because they mm. live in big domes. Um, yes. it's, I think it's, that might be it. Well, I mean, you probably know more than you think, and you probably are okay. not too far off what I've seen or what <laughs> I've researched. So we'll, we'll get into it yeah. a little bit more. But did you know, though, that... I mean, well, of course you would know, but I guess the first <laughs> hint or the first sight in Star Wars of the Mandalorians and mm. Mandalorian culture is, of course, in the Empire Strikes Back, when we see mm. when we feature Boba Fett and his yeah. distinct armour. Um, and I suppose that the next time and, you know, time and time after that... <clears throat> sorry, I think I just choked on a bit of crepe. <laughs> That is not a great way to start. It's betrayed you. That's not a great way to start. I'm demoting it now to three out of ten. Oh, oh no. It. Oh, how is it that It was happened? your brother. You loved it. I was... 
Oh, I loved you. Oh, it's shouting, I hate you right now. Right oh, no. Oh, <laughs> Set man. it on fire. Of God's sake. Anyway. Um, anyway. So, oh. after the success of Empire Strikes Back and mm. all of that... Um, George Lucas actually really wanted to or had many ideas to put Mandalorians and Mandalore culture, kind of spread it around and and disperse it and put it into those original films. He didn't in the end as much as he wanted to, but Mandalore, the planet, was an original idea. It was one of his ideas of planets where he Mm. wanted to potentially use it. I think there was an idea that... He wanted to have that as Boba Fett's base of operations and potentially show a scene of him being on there and maybe just, I don't know, a shot of him flying out into the mm. into the galaxy from it. I didn't know that. That's really cool. And the also there was a original concepts, um, abandoned concepts mm. uh, during the original trilogy of Imperial Super Troopers that were basically... <laughs> like the ABBA song. Yeah, <laughs> didn't even think of that. That's brilliant. They are instantly less terrified, but yeah, armored super troopers. Um, what's the rest of the What's the rest of the song? Super oh. trooper, something, something, find super me. Super trooper, yeah. Light- Is it lights are gonna blind you? Lights are gonna. Or... Oh, that's it. Lights are gonna blind you. Yeah, I think lights that's are it. Gonna blind, gonna blind you. you. That would be instantly less terrifying if that was super happening and blaring trooper, at you. Super pa, super pa. Super pa. Sorry. <laughs> No, no, it's great. Uh, but these were armoured uh, soldiers from the Mandalore system. These mm. were going to be armoured people from the Mandalore system. They weren't okay. originally going to be called Mandalorians. They were going to be called Imperial Super Troopers. Mm. Um, and As like a was... part of the army? Like a kind of different... Yeah, it was like a subsection of the Imperial Army. And ah. this was originally conceived by George Lucas and designed. It was actually visually designed by um, Joe Johnston and... Ralph McQuarrie, who we all mm. know is very much yes. involved in all the early visual stuff. Um, and yeah, these these concepts would end up forming the basis of Mandalorians as we know them now. Um, mm. they would, their armor was very similar in the sense. Okay. So, it, so the Mandalorian armor that we know well is sort of based from these original designs. So I mean I yeah. can't get that I mean I can't there's no way for me to show you right now, but if there's a time <laughs> when you want to have a look quickly at some of those early sketches, it's quite interesting. Mm. I think um, I'd heard before that Boba Fett's armor came from like a kind of super stormtrooper design. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. But Mandalore was mm-hmm. established to be a planet on the outer rim of the galaxy, sort of like like the backwater of Tatooine before it. Mm. And I swear everything's in the outer rim. Everything like the outer rim seems worth, to be massive. Everything that's worth visiting in Star Wars is almost mm. in the outer rim. Like, yeah, <laughs> like you know, I mean, yeah, of course you've got the core worlds, but. Yeah, we don't spend too much time on them, do we? We want to go out. No. And, yeah, I mean, I suppose that's because there's so much, you know, that everyone needs to flee the freaking home worlds because there's so <laughs> much core worlds because there's so there's too much stuff going on. So we need to be yeah. in these backwater places. But um, Mandalore is also the name of an entire sector of space. So mm. you've got the Mandalore sector. Yeah. And um, the Mandalore sector comprises of Mandalore itself. Mm-hmm. You've got its moon of Concordia. And the yes. planet of the planet of uh, Kalevala. I don't think I've heard of that one. I've heard of Concordia because yeah. that appears a lot in Clone Wars, doesn't it? Yeah, or Rebels, yeah. one of the two. There's um, so in Legends there is a lot more planet. There is a lot more planets that are comprised within Mandalore, the Mandalore sector. Mm. Um, so I think they're not considered canon at this point. So I think it's okay. just these three. Um, but yeah, Mandalore is an Earth-like world. 
within the mm -hmm. Mandalore sector, and it was inhabited by a group of humans known as Mandalorians, of course. Mm. Um, and these sort of super commandos were a were a martial people living in warrior clans. So it was like a society of different clans that I can only sort of draw parallels to like a feudal feudal England in the mm. sense, right? So that's the best way to think of it for anyone that's thinking about it. So in the mm. medieval times you would have, you know, you would have your your city in London with a you know someone who ruled that city and its inhabitants. And then somewhere about 50 miles away, 100 miles away, there'd be another kingdom. And of course, mm. that would be ruled by someone else. And there would be varying factions and wars between them. Okay. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that, I think we know that. I think that's quite well established in a sense. Because mm. in, in the Clone Wars and in Rebels, we very much know of the thing of the houses and the clans. Yes. In, in Mandalore, don't we? Yeah, it's very much Game of Thrones where you got like House Vizsla and House. Um, trying to think of another one, House Crees. Yes, and... yes, yeah. I'm just, I've got I've got them here on my notes. I was okay. wondering how many you could go through. <laughs> I can't think of any others. You've done you've done House Vizsla. You've done House Crees. Because I get confused because there's like characters like Sabine Wren, but Wren isn't a house. I don't think. You'd be right. Yeah, it's not. No. Um. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Is there a House Saxon or is Gar Saxon part of another bigger house? No, there's no, there's this is where no... I'm a bit confused as how it's like organised. So there's not a House Saxon. No, that's a clan. Okay. So you've got Clan Saxon. Oh, okay. But Clan Saxon is aligned with House Vizsla, if that makes right. sense. Right, yes. So, so underneath a house, you've got loads of clans who are yeah. aligned together under that house, okay. if that makes sense. Um, but That is very that medieval house, because you would is, have like it? a kind of like a lord who would have a big domain and then people within that who would have like smaller territories yeah, but they'd yeah. owe allegiance to the person who owns the bigger bit of land. So, I mean, we can go through them now. So we've got House Fizzler. Yep. We've got House Crees. Yes. And we all know that we know we all know who is part of House Crees, <laughs> but for the people who don't know, of course, Bo-Katan was part of House Crees. Mhm. Mm and also Duchess Satine was part yes. of House Crees, who are very much considered in some ways, the legitimate rulers of mm. of uh, Mandalore, but we shall get into that in a little bit more. Uh, um, that sounds messy, and I love it. I, it's very, very messy. It's chaos. <laughs> Everything chaos about Mandalore everywhere. is messy. It really is. It's uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a it's a bit of a um, yes. It's yeah. It's just organized. No, it's not even organized chaos. Yeah, it is just literally <laughs> just oh, it's horrible at times. It's just um, drama. There's so much drama, unnecessary drama, that they sort of <laughs> bring upon themselves a lot mm. of the time. Um, you've got House Cast. That's another okay. house. Not much is known about this. It's only mm. um, been brought up in, I think, one appearance in um, in Rebels. And okay. not much is really known about them. So you've got three houses. Mm -hmm. And underneath them, you've got various clans. And various clans who might align with various houses or maybe yeah. not maybe they just go on themselves maybe they just align with nobody for example yeah, make my got... own house yeah well, exactly yeah well like clan mudhorn for example was comprised yes. of just two being <laughs> dinjarin and grogu so they they're just off on their own doing their own mm. thing as one i never as... thought of them as a clan before but yeah 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 they're That's both clan mudhorn <laughs> and uh, but that, that's a way to think of it like a clan mm. is not necessarily a big 
a big thing. It could literally mm. just be a small group of like five to ten, if if not less. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So you've got Clan Ren. Yes. They're they're a very famous very famous clan, uh, consisting of Sabine, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Clan Saxon. Who not many people like because they <laughs> took over the planet and exploited it and and aligned with the Empire at one point in a whole big thing during Star Wars Rebels and it was just yeah not particularly were, pleasant plan. <laughs> they were kind of dicks about it to everybody. Yeah, yeah, and Gar Saxon was the main main one of that. Mm. Um, actually, Clan Ren used to be aligned with Clan Saxon. They used to be quite mm. quite close together, um, but I think Sabine. Uh, used to or had she left she left effectively because she was not in alignment with imperial rule she didn't want yeah. she didn't want that so very much uh, clan saxon threw her out of that but um, mm. you've got clan rook okay you've, you've also got clan Aw- I, I'm gonna absolutely butcher <laughs> this but clan Aw- Awoud okay Award. Awoud it's A-W-A-U-D <laughs> A W A U D, yeah. A wild? A wow. <laughs> I don't know. Clan A Wood. I've no idea. Somebody <laughs> please tell me. But Yeah, George Lucas, um, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, please send us a message. Um to go on Twitter. But the, but this clan here um was one of the one a warrior clan that was mm. very much saw themselves as part of the old Mandalorians, which we'll also get onto in a second. Yes. But they went off and branched off and sort of led their own lives as warrior Mandalorians, if you see what I mean, okay. rather than sort of sticking with the the, the new and modern Mandalorians. Mm. Um, and you've also got Clan Eldar. Um, okay. Uh, and then the last one being Clan Mudhorn, which we've already already <laughs> mentioned. And probably, there's probably more, but those are the mm. ones we know of and right. have sort of been confirmed. Um, so... The Mandalorians were obviously part of a culture that stems from um, a warrior culture where they Mm. had a strong sense of honour and duty. And the Mandalorian religion in times and times past placed a strong demand on war and conquest. Yeah. So, James, literally, back in the day, they were called the old Mandalorians and they would (laughs) just expand and expand and expand um, their empire across the reaches mm. of the galaxy, not least also while vying against each other because they were very inefficient like that. <laughs> um, they, it's terrible. Like, but they would they would expand across the galaxy, and of mm. course, doing that, they came into direct conflict with a certain uh, a certain altruistic and uh, <laughs> different form of uh, opposing power, which was the Jedi. Mm. Well, I was just going to ask before we get onto that. So, they like try. Did they try and like conquer the galaxy, or was it just kind of planets? Did they have any like? I just I find it funny that like this idea of the, you know they're this kind of ultra powerful warrior race, and yet they never like expanded further than their system really. Yeah. But then is it well, like you said that they just kind of there was so much infighting between them and these like kind of clan relationships and alliances were so fragile that they couldn't really build i think so it, it reminds me a little bit of it Sorry, reminds me a little bit of like the sith where like again they just they had like an upper limit where they couldn't grow beyond because otherwise they would just collapse inwards well it mostly says that most of their attempts in times mm. past were thwarted by the jedi uh, okay so 
they would go and they would try and take over a planet and then the Jedi would come in and try and stop them. <laughs> and I turned it with a lightsaber. An, yeah, yeah, it would just lead to another battle and another battle and another <laughs> conflict. Mm. So basically, they were thwarted at every attempt. I think yeah. mostly, mostly, <laughs> they, yeah. Um, I'm not surprised. The Jedi six, can thwart an awful lot. They can, and they're good at it. They're very mm. good at it. Um, but the before we go on a little bit more into that conflict, the old yeah. Mandalorians, as we talked about, <clears throat> were a vying or a vast array of clans. They were very much a decentralized uh, system. There was no governance. Mm. It was just, but somehow there was a, in the sense of how you would see in feudal England, there would be a king or there'd be a sort of supreme mm. ruler called the Mandalore. The Mandalore can literally be translated to supreme leader or sole reader, uh, sole, le- um, sole ruler, sorry. And yes, the title was often attained by defeating the previous Mandalore in combat. Um, through, by, well, though by the time of the Clone Wars, the tradition was kind of such a smorgasbord of power grabs that the title almost became meaningless <laughs> by that point, as there were multiple warlords vying for control at one point. Yeah. So it's very hard to distinguish who the actual true Mandalore is, isn't it? Yeah, I was just going to say, does it have to be like a recognised um, or like a like a, a kind of official jewel? I'm thinking of like in Black Panther, for example when you can challenge to be the ruler of Wakanda. Yeah. And it's like a very ceremonial, ritualistic thing. Mm. But then Din Djarin wins the Darksaber by beating up Moff Gideon in a corridor, and yeah. no one sees that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, does that really count or not? <laughs> well, technically, it should count. But yeah. Nobody like, knows. does the Darksaber know somehow? Is Maybe. It like Maybe. The, um, like the Elder Wand in Harry Potter that it knows who rightfully has it? Well, perhaps it's the thing where if you... Um, if you win it and you're the righteous and you're you you deserve it, you can yeah. like you can actually wield it. Perhaps because mm. when we saw Din Djarin trying to fight with it, when he felt perhaps he I don't know maybe he was too inexperienced with it, or yeah. or maybe he felt he didn't deserve it. It was heavy, wasn't it? And he just he he kind of kept faltering when he was mm, training that's with it. That's a good so point. Yeah, perhaps it I don't know. Perhaps it just becomes not usable. Mm. I suppose if you got the Darksaber as well, it's hard for someone to argue that you didn't win it properly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How have you got that? Oh, you know. Yeah. I could, like, oh, you must have won it in combat then, otherwise you wouldn't have it. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Did I mean, you officially register that jewel? Doesn't matter. Zoom. <laughs> I suppose I suppose if you had it. Mm. I I mean this is I mean this is the thing. I mean, the the Darksaber by probably you know, by the Rebel Rebel Alliance time, would have been passed, could yeah. have been passed through so many different hands and so many different means. Like you said, it's yeah. so difficult to know, and and um, and perhaps winning it by one person's viewpoint as being an honorary win. Some people might mm. not see that as that. You know, like I don't know, stabbing someone in the back, for example, yeah. might to some be considered. Oh well, I won fair and square. Yeah, but some might not see that as the case because you didn't actually stand up and fight. Yeah, that's true. It's weird. So this this might be a bit of a tangent, but um, I'm just trying to think of like who we know the dark sabers passed from. Oh gosh, because um, who starts with it in Clone Wars? Is it? Um, it's one of the Vizslers, isn't it? Pre Vizsla. It's uh, pre Vizsla because in fact, because the dark saber um, was well, 
supposedly first held by Tar Vizsla. Yes. Who was the first ever Mandalorian in the Jedi Order. Interesting. Yes, very, very First ever suggests there were more? Actually, that might have been the one and only. <laughs> I was just... I think I've it was always wondered that. Like, it sounds <laughs> yeah. like there are more Mandalorian Jedi, but then I would have assumed if they were no, constantly at war with them, well, I think it was, weren't Yeah, I think it was just them. one. I think it was just one. Because yeah. um, I think... If, had there been many others, I think the Darksaber <clears throat> could have passed down to some of them, potentially. Mm. Um, but as soon as Tar Vizsla passed away, I think the Darksaber stayed in the Jedi Temple forever as an artifact. Okay. Um, uh, interesting. And it wasn't only until... I think it was only until during the Jedi Purge that mm. um, the Darksaber was reclaimed or taken by... Um, or taken back by... I, I think it was... I think I've got it on the notes who took it, but um, I've suddenly lost track of who took it. But yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> not great. Well, I <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that like Pre Vizsla has it in Clone Wars, and then I think Maul gets it from him, doesn't he? When he conquers Mandalore. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he wins and it in then, battle. Yeah. Does Maul take it with him? Is that where Sabine eventually gets it? Yeah, Maul takes when... it with him, and because he. He, somehow he's some i think he's some um doesn't sabine find her way to the planet of the night sisters yeah it's on dathomir yeah yeah i i assume that maul must have to go back to mandalore after order 66 to get it yeah because obviously he was beaten by ahsoka on mandalore yeah and probably wasn't allowed to take it with him yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah as a prisoner yeah. Like, you can take one possession, don't say the Darksaber. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Please, no. But then Sabine has the Darksaber and gives it to Bo-Katan. Yeah. And then it eventually ends up with Moff Gideon, but we don't know how Bo-Katan no. loses it. No, we don't, we don't know how that happened. maybe we'll find out. Maybe we will find out. Maybe. Well, okay. before we get onto that, the yes. old Mandalorians, like we said, were quite akin to fighting they they liked fighting <laughs> they loved a good scrap they love a, they love a good fight you know they just they <laughs> you know they 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 really were sort of the original fight clubs you know mm. they were there was only one rule um <laughs> of the mandalore uh don't take your helmet but they used to get into many wars with the jedi as we said and mm -hmm. this started the mandalorian and jedi um jedi wars um, yeah and I've looked for a couple of references to when this began, and I've seen something around the around the time of five thousand BBY was when the oh it wow began. okay so really many, long time ago many then. many many years ago <coughs> interesting I'm choking on another piece of crepe no oh no no why <laughs> why is it betraying you so much it just doesn't like the Mandalorian that's Jedi wars oh dear. <laughs> ah. okay so apparently it was around five thousand BBY that it started. So okay. many, many years ago. And yeah. it it pretty much continues, I've got, until around 3,966 BBY. Right. Long time, long time. Yeah. Um, the war included the Mandalorian Crusades, which... Mm, in, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, those, those were sort of excursions, like we said, the Mandalorians going onto planets and mm. trying to take over or take control and also going and... Um, going and killing Jedi during the Mandalorian yeah. and Jedi Wars, so going actually seeking out Jedi temples and and, and killing them, effectively. Mm. Or wow. challenging okay. them to battle, shall we say. Yeah. Um, and this Mandalorian and Jedi War 
ultimately led to the Mandalorian cataclysm. Mm, do you know that anything? Doesn't of, sound good. No, it doesn't sound good. I was going to say, do you know anything about <laughs> it? But you can probably guess. I'm, I'm imagining it's bad for the Mandalorians, at least. It's 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 actually. Do a lot of them die? It's actually terrible because the okay. the the conflict resulted in the Jedi going and basically going on one last push to win the war mm. and effectively went and bombed, went and bombarded like most of Mandalore and laid oh, wow. waste to it effectively. It's um, not the Jedi way. It wasn't, wasn't the Jedi way at all. And this basically made the planet inhospitable. On, um, wow. Sorry, inhospitable, um, except for those living in domed, sealed cities. So, um, wow, I, mean, I didn't. So that's the reason why they have to live in domes is because of the Jedi. Yes, I believe so. I yes. didn't know that. Yeah, well, yeah that's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that it was a mixture of, you know, mm. it's, it's maybe the result of mandalorians also fighting because some of the some of the stuff here mm. that i've got here is also that the reason that the planet is very inhospitable inhospitable is also because of the civil wars going on between the mandalorians as well so it's basically yeah. constant wars constant fighting all the time yeah has wow. led has led the planet to become in like yeah practically unlivable in times and parts yeah that feels like a lesson that uh certain you know species might learn one day yeah yeah about not destroying their planet it's not yeah it's not great is it yeah <laughs> like, they do learn they do learn from this lesson because they <laughs> a lot that a lot of the um old warrior mandalorians were mm. went away and were exiled effectively <clears throat> to the moon of concordia um, okay and concordia during the old wars was set up as a mining facility a mining base mm. and they effectively ripped away all the all the forests all the trees and, and made it desolate effectively for yeah. the war effort but okay. it was only until the clone wars that we actually see life and grass and trees returning to concordia when we actually go mm. there so there is actually some hope that maybe the mandalorians are getting better <laughs> and then they're actually treating the planets better and not fighting and not destroying things and yeah <laughs> Good for them. Good, Good for them, them to finally realise it after they destroy the planet. Yes. Well, not them no, by no. themselves. but Exactly. But um, So, yeah, this basically laid waste to most of the planet. And mm. the only city that was left was that of Sundari, which is the capital city of Mandalore. Yes. And that is was that the in... one that we see in the Clone Wars? It is, yes. Yeah, it's that, right. it's that, that very one. The, time, the, the yeah. place we spend most of our time at on Mandalore. Mm. Um. And yeah, these cities are now within these domes that protect mm. themselves from the crazy and inhospitable planet that surrounds them. Um, yeah. It's quite a sad story, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I um, I can't remember whether you said like what actually caused the cataclysm, like if there was a specific thing, because it kind of reminds me a bit of when we did talk about Mustafar yeah. and how it was turned from like this luscious, grassy planet into lava hell world by the Force. Yeah. And I wonder if that's kind of... Did that come into it? Like with the Jedi being involved, was it? Yeah, something yeah, to do with yeah. like weaponry and the Force. Just well, I've just well, I've just well, I've just gone back to the Wikipedia article about it, and it says this. Mm. Um, I'm trying to scan it as well, but it's one yeah. of those articles where like yeah. there's so much detail. I'm like, yeah, I'm not following any of this. I mean, it says, in the final war of the larger ancient Mandalorian conflict, a battle between the Jedi and the Mandalorian warlords caused a cataclysm that scorched mm. much of the planet's Mandalore's surface into a lifeless white desert. 
Centuries of war that okay. consumed Mandalore also helped destroy its landscape. Uh, the grasslands that survived into Satine Kreese's early, early life were destroyed during the wars she lived to see. Um, so okay. there's not, there's, I mean, there's not really that much else to it. Um, Dave Filoni says yeah. this in a behind-the-scenes quote. He says, um, did they fight against the Jedi? Yes, they absolutely did. Is there a big battle where there's a cataclysm between them and the Jedi? He says, yes. Have we pushed that idea that the cataclysm was so great that the surface of Mandalore was laid to waste? Absolutely, we did. <laughs> So there's not. It almost sounds like a kind of nuclear. Yeah, it almost sounds like a kind of nuclear apocalypse, doesn't it? Yeah. Or like they're kind of like a. Yeah. It's. It'd be nice to know why the planet is inhospitable, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was just like leftover stuff from the weapons. Could be nuclear. It could be just a series of just constant, constant bombardment and bombing raids. Mm, Um, Yeah. Very scary stuff, though. Yeah. Yeah, but so so that's that's where we're at in terms mm-hmm. of old Mandalore, by the end of the war, um, yep. very much the Mandalorians turn a new leaf, turn a new page, as it were. They become a little okay. bit different and a little bit better um, than their old <laughs> they selves. They embrace the humanities and liberal arts. They do. They uh, they do dancing. They love singing. They love all sorts of great stuff that a culture would. Um, and they call themselves uh, a very creative new name. Uh, mm-hmm. They go from the old Mandalorians, James, to the new Mandalorians. Wow, those those branding sessions really paid off there. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Um, but I suppose you get that everywhere in Star Wars, don't you? The old yeah. Republic and the new Republic. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> Not many uh, inspiring choices going on. But so, the, yeah, the Mandalorian government was far more organised and modernised mm. than their traditionalist counterparts. And, and as such, resembled something you'd see in the Core Worlds. So mm. while it's never explicitly said... The new Mandalorian government can be, des- you know, best described as a sort of like, um, kind of like a parliamentary monarchy that we sort of have in the yeah. UK, if that makes sense. So yeah, because you've got like Duchess Satine, and then she's got a prime minister. Yeah, yeah. So you sort her and a council yeah, and everything. You sort of got the the parliamentary body which makes the laws and is mm. you know governs and is elected, but you've also got this sort of monarch who is sort of like the symbolic head of power. Yeah. You know, I'm not quite sure how much actual power she has, though. Yeah. Because in, in, in the UK system, the monarch has hardly any power. It's it's largely ceremonial, right? Mm. Like, she can sign off laws, but it's largely, you know, she would never say no because it's, it's it yeah. would sort of go against the will of the people and <laughs> the elected officials who actually make the laws. So, Just uh, once, though, I'd love to see King Charles just be like, no, actually, I'm not going to sign this off. Yeah. Why? Because funny. <laughs> None of my family have done this for 300 years. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I obviously wouldn't love to see it. That would be terrifying. It would, But yeah. never mind. Yeah. So it's also evident that while establishing their new government of the Mandalore system, that they were directly mm. inspired by other forms of government, such as the use of regal titles and the house system that were other known mm. that were otherwise unknown to Mandalorian society. So, um, okay. so yeah, to note, uh, so yeah, houses were exclusive to the new Mandalorians and acted as political factions and parties. So, um, ah. so yeah, that's how you sort of see them, like you know, different part political factions and different ideologies in mm. a sense. It's kind of like a good way to think of those, how those houses and clans operate. So the house system was like a new Mandalorian thing, not an old Mandalorian thing. Is that what you said? So in a, so in the old 
So in the yeah, did I did I yeah did I get did I get that right? I think in the old Mandalorians, it was very mm. much the clans were um, as you would think of them. They were sort of um, warrior tribes, okay. but in the new Mandalorian government, they're sort of political factions and parties. Ah, uh, interesting. Okay, yeah. So um, the new Mandalorian equivalent of the Mandalore, as we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, was of course the Duke and the Duchess. Yes. Um, And they were sort of the executive leader of the new Mandalorian government. And their position was, I've got here, likely hereditary. As the Mm. first known holder of the title was the warlord Duke Adonai Kreez. Okay. And then his daughter, the pacifist, Duchess Satine Kreez, took took that title. (laughs) Um, And then, like we said, there's a prime minister. And, Mm. you know, we don't need to explain any more really about how that works. But... um, (laughs) Underneath them, there's a ruling council. Mm. So the ruling council is the chief legislature of the new of New Mandalore, and they yeah. create the rules and the regulations and all of that. Um, there's a governor. There's governors of the different moons and planets that we talked about. Mm. Um, so that's sort of how that works. So it's you know it's it's interesting how different it is from the old times mm. and how much they've learned. And but also interesting that they've been able to incorporate those traditions and those ceremonial things into this new way of of leading yeah i imagine it must be hard to like completely restructure a society like that even with you know a cataclysm being like if anything's going to do it a cataclysm's going to do it but yeah Yeah. to kind of think what do we want to keep and what do we want to change and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. how do we get people on board with this because i know there's that big kind of conflict between like the pacifist side and the kind of like the old ways and the warrior ways of Mandalore. Yeah. Yeah, it must be so hard making that, just like making this new society be like, no, this is how we're going to Mandalore from now on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I mean, it's, it, as we, as we see in the Clone Wars and in Rebels, it's very easy for Mandalore to slip back into their mm. old ways. They never fight. They just keep fighting. And you've got <laughs> these splinter groups that go off and, you know, do their own thing. Um mm. I then see Mandalore Watch, as like, yeah. yes, yeah. I see Mandalore as like, you know, that person you get in a pub where they see somebody else fighting and they don't know what's going on, but they're like, I'm going to get involved because I just want to be in the fight. Yeah. That's yeah. what I imagine Mandalore is. Like, okay. they're the, <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean, it would have been because, um, in yeah. The, yeah, I mean, in the, um, the new Mandalorians are, they're politically neutral. Like they have a, mm. and they are the pacifist. Uh, state. Yes. They don't want to get involved in the Clone Wars in any way. They don't want to side with the Separatists or the Republic. Mm. Um, I think. Is that right, James? Did I get that right? Yeah, they're yeah, in yeah, that, yeah. that neutral council. I can't remember. It might even just be called the neutral council. I can't yeah, remember what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, of course, you've got the Death Watch that are mm. essentially a splinter group that have are, live, are off on the moon of Concordia that yes. want to side with the Separatists during the Clone Wars. And they want to effectively usurp the rule of Duchess um, Satine mm. and take over that body. So there's, you know, there's all sorts of different different things going on. Um, yeah. And the history of Sundari ends quite sadly, really, mm. because we do find out later on that um, after everything and the events that happens in Rebels, where... Yeah. Sabine Wren effectively finds the dark saber and returns back to Mandalore, which is now ruled by Gar Saxon and mm. the House Vizsla under under the Empire. Her and Bo Katan 
effectively team up to take back control of Mandalore, yeah. and they do. And that sort of, you know, makes things great. You know, oh, fantastic. Like, <laughs> Sundari is, is now ruled by um, the official and rightful rulers of Mandalore, and everything's great. We're not aligned by the em- to the Empire anymore. But, James, mm. um, the Empire come back with a vengeance, don't yes. they? And yes. they pretty much lay waste to all of the rest of Mandalore and Sundari in um, what's known as the Night of a Thousand Tears. It's a very sad night. It's a very sad night. There's that scene where we see the kind of Terminator-style mm. sequence with the um, K2SO robots sort of <clears throat> walking across the helmets of yeah. Mandalorian uh, warriors uh, and, and, and guards. Um, and yeah, that effectively lays waste to Sundari and the final sealed domed city of Mandalore, which mm. is very, very sad. And the rest of the Mandalorians, including Bo-Katan and Satine, um, sorry, Sabine and many <clears throat> others, scatter across the galaxy, meaning mm. Mandalorians become a disorganized and decentralized, once again, group of people that have no place and no home. Mm. So by the time of like the Mandalorian, they are these kind of like isolated tribes and clans and like what is it that that Din Djarin belongs to is it the children of the watch yeah the children of the watch yeah i haven't actually put any, like a, anything about them in my notes but yeah children of the children of the watch they're not a clan are they they're like a sect or something yeah i can't remember the exact word used for them um i'll get them up on here actually let's just have a quick look children so, of the so watch so children of the watch so they were they were like a religion it says here. Ah, so they okay, were like yes. an orthodox religion of Mandalorians who followed the way of the Mandalore. Mm. Um, so I, I guess, I guess you could call them a clan, in a sense. Um, mm. it says here, it said they call them here a tribe. Actually, on the Wikipedia page, yeah. so it goes: they're an orthodox religion of Mandalorians. Da 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 da. Um, and then the tribe were members of the Children of the Watch, but at least one of their members, Din Djarin, was unaware that there was anything unusual about their beliefs and practices. Um, <laughs> so I guess it's I guess it's how you sort of yeah the terminology can maybe change mm. depending on maybe the time uh, and where they are in the timeline. So I guess maybe back yeah. in the day they would have been considered a clan. <clears throat> yeah, because I know Bo-Katan calls them a cult, but then. I feel like a lot of Mandalorian stuff has a kind of culty aspect to it generally. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, they very much are reminiscent of the old Mandalorians. Yes. I would very much not be surprised because it hasn't been confirmed about this, but one of the Mm. clans which I told you about, which went off and I think it was Clan Awoud or Award, didn't I say, that went off and sort of went off to lead lives as old warrior clans and old Mandalorians. You know, maybe they were descendant from them. Who knows? Mm, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll find out more about them in the new Mandalorian season three. I hope so. I hope so too. Um, I hope we find out how to pronounce Clan Awood. (laughs) So do I, please. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's Award. Okay. I think it's got to be, it can't be a wow, that's stupid. Like Pato Award. Yeah. (laughs) Great Mexican driver for anyone who knows. But yeah, uh, (laughs) potentially. Um, So yeah, I mean, I mean, that's sort of where I've got to at the moment with most Mm. of my notes, James. Um, I I mean, there are loads of things we could talk about in terms of the Darksaber, for example. We've already mentioned the Darksaber. Um, Yeah. We've got the Shadow Collective as well. We've got many people, many things we could, we could mention. 
Um, but yeah, was there, did you have any other questions really about about Mandalore that you wanted to learn? I, I feel like I do, but I feel like it's more questions for like jo- uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni to yeah. answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so groups like the Night Owls and Death Watch and um, Concord Dawn is that a group? Concord or a thing. Concord Dawn. Um, oh, Concord Dawn. Yes. They are a thing, aren't they? Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's quickly go on. To oh no! Concord Dawn we, is a yeah. planet. Okay, Concord Dawn is a planet, not a group of people. Interesting. Um, yeah. Are they? So they're not clans, are they? Like the Death Watch and the Night Owls, or could they be considered clans, but not like through blood? That's if very that makes in- sense. Well, that's very interesting. Well, I would consider that the Night Owls are part of clan or house Krees. Mm, that's because a good they, point, yeah. Because they are led by um, Bo-Katan, who is part of House yeah. Kreese. So I think that's just a name that they give to, you know, that maybe group. But okay. I, 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 but maybe the Night Owls are aligned and under the House Krees, if that makes sense, mm. or Clan Krees. I like the idea with, you know, Found Family being such a big part of Star Wars that the Mandalorians have kind of found clans. Yes, yes. Yeah, so maybe not. It's well, not essentially, always... like um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go for it. Oh yeah, just like with Din Djarin and, and Grogu, they're being Clan Mudhorn. Yeah. But like neither of them being blood relatives or even Mandalorians by blood, but they're still a clan. Yeah, and that, I, I like. I think that's that's something that is quite interesting about Mandalorian culture as well. That mm. yeah, and and how it develops. Yeah, usually maybe you would consider these as hereditary things, but no, the, mm. the clans are maybe started off as that, but now they've become something else. They've become like an idea, or they've become this mm. something which people join uh, yeah. sometimes, like inadvertently, or just you know it just happens. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I just seen on the Wikipedia for Night Owl that their affiliation is with House Crees. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like a like club. it's a group. It's a group. It's like yeah. it's its own thing, but if you were to, <laughs> if you were to frame it within that Lexus, then it would be within mm. House Crees. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, One of the things I've always found interesting about uh, Mandalorians is in the Clone Wars when Maul kills Pre Vizsla yeah. and becomes like the ruler of Mandalore. Yeah, is this weird sort of split between? Um, Death Watch like accepting him as their leader, yeah, and being like, "Well, he killed Pre Vizsla in combat. He's claimed the dark saber. He's you know rightfully the ruler of Mandalore." Yeah, and then I think it was Bo Katan who said, "Like you can't be the ruler of Mandalore because you're an outsider. You're not Mandalorian." Yeah, and I've always found that really interesting. This kind of split between like actual you know Mandalorians by like birth and people who lived on Mandalore yeah. compared to like people who just sort of adopt the Mandalorian culture. Yeah. And like, I don't know why I just find it fascinating that there's that split there mm. in that, you know, mm. who mm. constitutes a Mandalorian, like can you win the dark saber in combat and rule Mandalore without mm. actually being a Mandalorian? Well, this you, is, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I, do well, you think? They, well, this is a thing that, I mean, you could consider that, um, it's, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, when Mandalorians, for example, become dispersed across the galaxy, it must be really mm. difficult at that point to just for it for that to only be Mandalorians, right? To yeah. to stay to stay as a group or to expand your group, surely you've got to take on new members who not necessarily yeah. would be from the planet of Mandalore. Yeah, well, like Din Djarin's a foundling, isn't he? Yeah, and is Jango Fett as well? Is that 
something that came out in Mandalorian season two. I think Boba said that like Django wasn't a Mandalorian. Wasn't a, wasn't birth. a Mandalorian, but he he, he yeah. got the armor. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I I think it's I think it's um I think that just boils down to um politics and about identity and about you know all sorts of questions about you know mm. I, you know are you really a Mandalorian if you if you're not from here you know it's yeah you know a lot of these things are described as religions like children of the watch is, is considered yes. a religion for many people so that would not yeah. you know that that could be followed by anyone yeah i wonder if you could make some kind of tenacious argument about um not tenacious what's the word i'm looking for some kind of tangential argument about the clones being kind of Mandalorian. Yeah. Because it's sort of Mandalorian DNA and a very like a warrior way of... Yes. But maybe it is more like a deeper culture oh, thing. That... Wow. Oh, James, can you imagine that? So all of the clones <laughs> were Mandalorians. And can you imagine that somehow in some what if that we might or mm. may not make in the future, <laughs> that the clones somehow are used and absorbed into the Mandalor- Mandalorian culture and army? <laughs> Yeah, the Mandalorians look around and they're like, there's not many of us left, but there is this big old army of clones. Yeah. Could just say they're ours. (laughs) And then we could restart the Jedi Wars. (laughs) Their armor looks a bit like us. Let's have them. Yeah. Yeah. The joy. Yeah, this was. Yeah. These were. Yeah, these. We found these old sketches and (laughs) it has this name at the bottom. George Lucas. Oh, we don't need that. Just rub that out. But these, this armor looks like ours. We should bring these. Out. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of Clan Lucas. I mean, we've got a little bit of time, so why why don't we take this outro to maybe talk a little bit, little bit about our expectations mm. and what we think is going to happen in season three. Yeah, have you got anything that that you're either hoping to see or anything that have you got a crazy well, theory? Well, I really hope that well what I probably assume is going to happen is that Din is going to go in search for redemption. He's going to eventually find mm. that that's not what brings him fulfillment, right? Yeah. And that he's going to eventually settle on his found family, which is what we were hoping he would have <laughs> done throughout the end of season 1 and 2. Seems not. Mm. And it's going to take him a whole other season to do it, but I suppose he's going to go and try and redeem himself. He's going yeah. to be... And then I suppose... Yeah, he's going to have to pick which family he wants to be closest to. He's also got this side plot of potentially being the ruler of Mandalore, and I don't quite know how that's going to come about. Mm. I guess I suppose he's going to go to Mandalore. He's going to go and meet with Bo-Katan, potentially, yep. who I suppose sees herself as the rightful ruler. And he's going to ask to go down and find these caves to go down and ask where they are and how to get through there. And I suppose Bo-Katan is going to see Din as a as a threat. So I suppose mm. she's going. there's going to be some sort of jeopardy there along the way. I don't know. Yeah, what do you think? Mm. Yeah, there's got to be some conflict between him and Bo-Katan because they're, you know, Bo-Katan wants the Darksaber, she wants to rule Mandalore, but he she doesn't want to just take it from him. Yeah. That's going to be really interesting to see like how if he's like fine I'll fight you but I'll just drop the dark saber straight away and say you've won. <laughs> it's not how it works though, Dean. I... <laughs> it's not how it works. <laughs> Look, Bo, I just don't care. <laughs> um he yeah, just does the sight. Be... Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, fine. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I 
I don't know how that's going to resolve. And I'm kind of interested to see how Grogu figures into this. Because like you said, I don't think he's going to come out of season three being like, oh, great, I'm reinstated in the Children of the Watch. Mm. I'm, I've am i got my Mandalorian identity back again. I think he's going to find that that's not really what he wants. Yes. And that, you know, being part of this family with Grogu is his thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how Grogu... Maybe... Maybe Grogu challenges Dinger into a fight and takes Ooh. the dark saber. <laughs> Are you saying that Grogu's going to get angry with Din for some reason? So he's going to use the force. Or, yeah, yeah, or, or, yeah. Or Bo-Katan challenges Din and beats him, and then Grogu immediately challenges Bo-Katan and takes the dark saber back. Oh, oh that, I love that. I think that's a great idea. Just seeing Bo-Katan getting beaten around by a toddler. But that would be the, it makes sense though because in the end of the Book of Boba Fett, <clears throat> Luke makes <clears throat> Grogu choose between whether he wants to be a Mandalorian or a Jedi. Yeah, that's sets, true. And that sets Grogu on the path. So I guess the only logical way for that path to end is for Grogu <clears throat> to actually, yes, become the leader of Mandalore. Yeah, take the dark saber and be both Mandalorian and Jedi. <laughs> Just like Tar Vizsla many years before him. Yes, full <gasps> circle. Oh, it's all making sense, James. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay, we figured it out. We figured it out. Um, but James, I think it's probably time to wrap up. I think it probably is. Uh, so we want to know what you think about the lore of Mandalore. <laughs> That's harder to say than I thought it was going to be. Let us know your thoughts on social media at Moisture Farm Rep, or you can send us an email at moisturefarmpod at gmail.com. In fact, if you have any suggestions about topics, characters, or planets beginning with M in the Star Wars universe that we should discuss, send them our way too. And as always, you can reach us individually on Twitter. I'm at James16Matthews. I'm, and I'm at Wheeler underscore deals. And if you like this episode, why not subscribe and leave us a review on your platform of choice? And if you want to support the show, you can literally buy us a cup of Jawa juice at buymeacoffee.com forward slash moisture farm rep. Thank you for listening to Adam and I. We will be back next week to discuss some more of the incredible universe that is Star Wars. But until then, we'll see you next time on the Moisture Farm Report. <laughs> <laughs>